0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. We've been in a series called The Passion, and we've been kind of going through the final seven days of Jesus's life in ministry on planet Earth. Towards the end of your life, you really begin to do the things and say the things that matter the most. And here in the final week of Jesus, we're seeing what mattered to the Almighty the most. And how does it affect our lives? And so we started with uh, the triumphal entry on Sunday, Palm Sunday, where Jesus rode in on a donkey over the Mount of Olives down to the city of Jerusalem. And the people began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. They recognized that there was something different about Jesus. I wonder, have you ever looked at Jesus and maybe seen, seen him in a different light? Sometimes people think, well, I went to church, or you know, I heard a message, or you know, my grandparents, they were into that. But my question is, have you seen Jesus for yourself? When the crowds around Jerusalem saw Jesus, they said, We know this isn't a normal person. This is the very Son of God. Jesus continued down the Mount of Olives, and on Monday, which is the day we find ourselves at, on the Passion Timeline, Monday, he walks into the temple. And this is what happens. Mark chapter 11, verse 15, it says, and they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the table of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons for sacrifices. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. You know, my hope is that as I speak, you are astonished at the teachings of Jesus, not by my words, but by what God has to say to you. Jesus walks into the temple, Second day on the Passion Week. And what does he do but something radical? He literally begins to overturn the table. Monies are flying everywhere. The people are running in fear because Jesus is reacting to the atmosphere that he walks in on. See, the problem is the temple is supposed to be a place where the whole world can come together to worship God. The temple really is supposed to be the place where the presence of God was on planet Earth. Jesus walks in and he finds just the opposite, that the place of God had turned into a place of profit. The place that was supposed to be dedicated for humanity to meet with God instead had turned and people were were making it difficult for those who were just trying to come and worship. They were price gouging people. Because they knew that you had to come here and you had to buy our sacrifices to go into the temple. And, and, and you had to, you had to go through us to pay the temple tax. So, so they were taking advantage of people who were trying to get to God. And, and Jesus, He makes a decision to restore the temple to its original purpose. And what was that? But He, he tells us it was prayer. He says, My house shall be called a house of prayer. That's the reason the temple existed, because it's through prayer that we are able to connect with the Almighty. Prayer is so powerful. Prayer is a gift from God to us. Listen, listen. Through prayer, we receive power. Prayer brings power. Maybe you feel like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel powerful right now. Maybe you're saying, in fact, I feel powerless I feel defeated. I feel hopeless. I feel nervous. Maybe you feel so unsure and so down about what's happening in the whole world right now. You feel the the total opposite of powerful. But I want you to know that prayer is available to you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And through prayer, you become into proximity with Jesus It's through prayer that all of a sudden you begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear or nervousness. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. The most powerful people are prayerful people. Prayerfulness is the antidote to fearfulness. So God says, come to me. If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, I will be the one to bring rest to your souls. Jesus showed up and he found the place of prayer had become something about self. It was not about God, it was about self. It wasn't about connection, it was about profit. And God said, no, no, prayer is too powerful for it to be corrupted in this way. The people need the power of God. Look at what the Bible says. It says in, in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, pray in the spirit at all times. Sometimes we think it has to be really sacred or we have to pray a certain way or we have to have the light set at a certain uh, setting with, with certain music. But the Bible says, look, it's your connection to God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The purpose of the temple was the presence. It's where people could go to receive forgiveness. And because it was corrupted, there was now a disconnect between the people in their pursuit of God. And Jesus says that's that's unacceptable. In fact, the purpose of Jesus, his whole existence on planet earth was so that you and I could reconnect with God. It's why he came so that you and I, even though we're imperfect, even though we're not not we're we're just us, even though we could never do enough good works to get into God's presence, Jesus says, I'll take care of that. I'll pay the price. Before Jesus, you had to go to a physical place, the temple. You had to pay a physical price, the temple tax. You had to get a physical sacrifice. And, and, and on that sacrifice, when that sacrifice died, that is how you could receive forgiveness for your sins. But Jesus says, I'm gonna do away with that old system and I will now be the way to God. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if you want to come to God, you come you come through me. This is why God was so frustrated. Jesus was so frustrated when he shows up in his house. And it was almost like when he was gone, the kids had a massive party and everything was upside down. Jesus walks in and he says, this is not how I left it. This is not what my house should look like. I designed it. I know what it's for. It's for prayer. And you've turned it into a den of thieves and and robbers. You're making it difficult for people to come to God. What happened? The atmosphere had shifted. The atmosphere had gone from sacred to secular. Had gone from being all about God to being all about man. It had gone from prayer to profit. And Jesus says, I'm here to rearrange my house and call it back to what it was always supposed to be. I wonder, what's the atmosphere of your house like? Ask yourself, what's the atmosphere of my own home? Maybe you're living in one little room. Maybe you've got a giant mansion. I'm not asking about the size or the square footage. I'm not asking about if it's a two-car garage or, or no garage at all. I'm asking about the atmosphere of your home. When Jesus showed up, he said, this is the wrong atmosphere. What's your atmosphere? Is the atmosphere of your house all about God or is it all about self? Is your house filled with fear or is it filled with faith? Is your house filled with chaos or is it filled with peace? You know, we might have to be in our homes for 14 days. It's a long time to be in a home that you hate long time to be in a home that's filled with angst. But hear me, Jesus didn't come to just bring his presence back into his home. He came to bring his presence into your home. He came to bring peace into your home, prayerfulness into your home. So I would challenge you, take this moment that the enemy definitely meant for evil, and let's see if God can do something good through it. I mean, Think about the radical action that Jesus did, throwing tables over to get their attention to say something has to change. Well, right now, God's got our attention. I believe that God can use even this plague to bring change to us, that no matter what's going on out there, I can bring God's presence in here, my life and my home. So I would challenge you maybe to reorder your priorities see the problem is in the temple prayer was no longer a priority what about your temple what about your mind what about your house is prayer the utmost priority is is seeking god the utmost priority or is it the noise of the news maybe that's maybe that's just like an open portal to just be bringing nervousness and anxiety and fearfulness into your home, and that's not the spirit that should ever be on your home. Maybe right now you say, I'm gonna reorder what voices get to speak into my home. I pray right now as I speak, I pray the presence of God speaks through me into your home. And I wanna prophesy with my eyes open that your house will have the hand of God on it, that it will have the protection of God on it. I pray that your house will be filled with health, I pray health will be in your mind and in your body. I pray your health will be on your relationships. Jesus came to reestablish connection, and it's through prayer, connection with God, that we receive power. So I pray your home is filled with the power of God. I know you're not perfect, but he is perfect. So when we get close to him, I pray perfection begins to get on you. You can change. Things can become different. I pray that God even rearranges the relationships in your home. For those of you that feel like I'm on the verge of divorce. I pray the spirit of life and of love gets spoken into the midst of your home. The spirit of divorce has no say over your home. The Holy Spirit has say over your home. We give him the final word right here and right now. I don't know if maybe you've allowed the spirit of money to come over your house where you're, you're checking your stocks non-stop and it's almost like it's almost like when the stocks go up, there's praise. And when it goes down, there's fear and and, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. I challenge you, shut your computer. Turn it off and walk away from it and say, no, my house isn't going to be consumed with money. My house is going to be focused on, on something greater, on someone greater. Can you say amen from your house? You are the priest of your home, so create space for the Holy Spirit. I want to read this verse To you out of Philippians, it says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that you as the priest come before God in prayer. You know, we're not able to gather as a church physically here but you are the priest of your own home. And even though we're not able to physically gather, we are able to pray. And I wonder if that's what God is gonna begin to do through all of this. So many churches aren't able to have service, but so many people in the church, they know how to pray. Could God wanna do a global prayer movement where we begin to rise up and we begin to speak a better word over our lives, our homes, and our nation? You know, God loves our nation. He loves the world. When Jesus was coming down the Mount of Olives, he looked on Jerusalem, the city that was about to betray him. And the Bible says that he wept over it. He cried over the people that were about to reject him. Why? Because Jesus loved that city. He loves your city. He loves your towns. He loves this nation. He is not sending plagues of judgment. He already took our judgment on the cross. And so Jesus, he now wants to send sustenance to us. He weeps over us. He loves our nation, our city, our homes. God's for us. He is not against us. So we're not gonna be filled with anxiety, but instead we are gonna be filled with peace because that's our promise. Hear me, awakening. When God's people pray, heaven begins to invade earth. You know, we've got a prayer app. I don't think it's by accident that we have this prayer app. Who would have known that we wouldn't have been able to gather, and yet we have an app so that you can still post your prayer requests and your praise reports. You can even go live when you're praying. I would encourage you, download that global prayer app and and fill it in. Choose a time you're going to pray. Choose some things you're going to pray for. Engage heaven on your behalf, and let's begin to lift up even this whole world right now. That where we seem to have no cure, we know that God can begin to do miracles. Church, we're people that know how to pray. And I believe God's calling us to prayer today. You know, I didn't know until just now that the president called today to be a national day of prayer. And there's a history of presidents doing that. When crisis hits the nation, presidents will say, let's pray. That's our leader saying, let's pray. Why? Because it's the prayer people that can begin on behalf of a nation to beseech a mighty God to see things change. You have the power of God Almighty when you begin to pray and petition him. Maybe you say, Jordan, I don't really know how to pray. Maybe you feel like this is not an area you're strong in. Well, right now, I wanna pray with you. And I believe as I pray and we pray together, I believe God is gonna begin to move. There's, there's really some simple steps to take when you're gonna to begin to pray. And so let, let's, let's go through them together. This is based on the Lord's Prayer, and uh, it's a simple model to help you begin to pray over your family and, and, and turn your home into a home of prayer. Number one, you wanna start with gratitude. This comes from the Lord's Prayer, which says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Before we ask God for stuff, before we, we begin to bring all of our requests, first and foremost, we come before God and we say, God, you are good. We're grateful for you. You are mighty. You cared for us. We start with gratitude. It's difficult to be overwhelmed with anxiety, fear, and bitterness when you're, when you're actively pursuing gratefulness. Our Father, you're good. I don't know what's going on right now, but you're good. I'm not sure what, what's bringing tomorrow, but today you're good. Hey, right now, let's just pray together. I want to lead you in this prayer. God, we thank you, God, that you have our very best in mind. God, that you have a plan for us and it's to prosper us and not to harm your people. God, we are grateful that you've saved us once before and you will save us again and again and again. So God, right now, we invite you to come into this home and into our hearts, God. We're filled with thankfulness for you. The next step in this prayer journey is to surrender your will. In in the Lord's Prayer, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane about to go to the cross, what did he pray? Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is showing us, this is what true prayer is. It's not getting from God what I want. It's not being in control of God. It's surrendering to God our will. Lord, however you wanna have it. Your way is greater than our way. We don't know everything. We're unsure. It's amazing how much has changed in just the past two weeks. But I know one thing, your word remains the same, that you remain faithful. Let's pray it. God, right now, we give you this moment. We give you these next few days and hours, God. We, We surrender control to you. We don't know what's coming, but we do know that you are trustworthy, Lord Jesus. So we let go and we receive you in Jesus' name. The next step will be to speak your need. You know, God is not deaf to the things that you do need practically. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. You know, many times when I would read this about our daily bread, I would think like, well, who, who needs that anymore? There's enough bread. But if you go to Costco or Walmart lately, we need daily bread. This is where we begin to say, God, you know what we need, and you've got your hand of protection and guidance on us. Let's pray, God, right now, we lift up our needs to you. Hey, whatever they are, I want you to lift them up to God right now. God, we lift up our needs to you, whether it's financial, God, in our homes, maybe it's with our children. God, maybe our needs are emotional with our health. Maybe some of us are dealing with sickness. We lift our needs up to you. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill our bodies, our minds with your power and your presence. And God, I pray that all the needs of our community are taken care of. Amen. The final aspect of prayer here is to seek God's deliverance. This is where we ask God to forgive us because we do need to be forgiven. And it adds a caveat. As you ask God to forgive, maybe there's someone that you need to forgive. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I believe that God is a delivering God. That he doesn't leave leave us out there to deal with the sickness and and the insufficiency of life on our own. But he's a mighty God, and he does not turn a deaf ear to his people. We're going to pray right now. God, come and deliver your people. God, maybe we need deliverance from addictions. We believe that you deliver from addictions, God. Maybe we need deliverance in our mind from fear, anxiety that has so gripped us, depression, suicidal thoughts. God, bring deliverance right now. God, we need deliverance right now from sickness and disease. We need deliverance and forgiveness right now. And God, we do declare in this place, God, we will forgive those as you've forgiven us. Convict us. And Jesus, we thank you that you make all things new. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen. Hey, you can pray these prayers right at home and you can connect with Jesus Christ at any hour, at any time, or any day. This is why Jesus came. He came to reestablish not just the temple of God, he came to establish connection with us. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. You know why that matters? You can see before, the temple used to be set up so that there was just the Jews they had their special space, the men and the women. They had their courts where they could pray. But then there was the court of Gentiles, anyone that wasn't a Jew. And this is where they had turned it into a marketplace because they said, oh, you're not one of us. So it doesn't really matter if you get the connection with God. And Jesus came to say, no, I didn't just come for the chosen few. I came for all nations, all tribes, all tongues, all people. Maybe you say, I'm too far gone. I've done too much. Jesus was making a sacred declaration. Right here and now, I came for you, and you are accepted. The Bible says while you were yet sinners, while you still were stuck in your stuff, while you still didn't even know enough to ask God for help, he came and he died for you even then. He loved you when you were unlovable. He called you worthy when you were unworthy. Jesus came for you and me. And part of part of what he did in that temple was out of reaction and anger saying, "No, the world should not be pushed away from God. the world should be accepted by God." You remember John 3:16, right? "For God so loved the world. He absolutely loves you. This is why God gave His one and only son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish. You would not live a life of destruction. You would not have to live in fearfulness. You would not have to bow down to the God of this age. You would not perish, but you would have everlasting life, eternal and abundant life. So I don't know if you feel like you're far from God. I want you to know you're not too far from God. Maybe you haven't gone to church in a long time, but you're watching this stream because we weren't able to have church. So it seems like God wanted to bring church right to you. Maybe, Maybe you just feel like, you're not unworthy of God, filled with discouragement, I want you to know Jesus came for you. He cleansed the temple for you. He wanted relationship, friendship with you. This is why Jesus came. So that you might have life and life more abundantly. You might have connection with God. That you might be able to pray. You might be able to have faith. You might be able to have joy in the midst of circumstances that are filled with chaos.